Hello and welcome to Speaking Truth to Power. My name is Irvin Hill and I'm your host this evening. And today's discussion is going to be about a house versus a home. And what God says about how to build a home versus how to how the home tore down. So we're going to dive straight into this. Proverbs 33 and 33 says this. The Lord curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blessed the house of the righteous. Now there is a difference between the two. The difference between a house and a home is walking with God. How many of us walk with God and how many of us don't walk with God? A lot of us say we do. A lot of us say we're Christians and a lot of us uh, are not Christians. Just because we go to church doesn't make us Christians. It's going to be the lifestyle, how we live. We can't say we're Christians. We have no compassion toward one another. There's no peace in the home. Children are running rapid and wild. Husband and wife are fighting with one another. Or if there's a one-parent home, the kids are running rapid because the mother has to work so much. And the father's not in their life. And even the father's life, there's still issues where there's no peace in the home because there's no control. There's no uh, no consequences for their actions. And kids are only going to be uh, are, are going to be as good as what example is shown before them. And if Christ is not in the home, that is an issue, huge issue. And we do have to be taught from little ones on up. And a lot of times that does not happen. Uh, and the difference between, like once again, as a house and a home walking with God. Now, let's not uh, get it twisted here. The home is actually you. You as an individual. The house is just basically where you reside. To sleep, to eat, to come together, to have shelter. But you have to turn it into a home. And how do you turn it into a home? Well, again, by walking with God. Here we are here. The curse of the Lord. Live in the house while the blessed live in a home. There's a difference there. There's a great difference between a house and a home. Which do you desire, a house or a home? That's a question to you. Which one do you desire? And how many of you on a daily basis prefer to stay at work? And get overtime then to go home that you call a home but which is actually a house because there's no peace because there's a lot of unjust and a lot of wickedness in that home the vain imagination that you have toward one another makes it unbearable to go live in that house and have peace you prefer to, to pass by your home which is actually a house you prefer to stay in the driveway before going in the house because you got to gather your thoughts on how you're going to deal with issues, with adversity when you go in there because there's no peace. And that's happening in a lot of homes. A lot, a lot of homes that they say a home, but it's actually a house. Because they put on that, you know, that second face when they get to work or they get around family members. Everything's presented though it's okay, but it's not inside. Mentally, you're hurting. You could barely sleep or maintain your, your actual thoughts that you positive thoughts you should have. And it shouldn't be that way, but it is. It's the place you live. 
a home or a house? What makes a house into a home or a home into a house? Does the quality of the, of the structure have anything to do with the character of the house? Now, that's a very good question. Have anything to do with the character of the house? How many of you are on a different page with who you live with or who you're married to or are you living or shacking together and you just can't come to no conclusions on how things should be, uh, in how the house should be in order, in order to make it a home and you struggle with it because you always see a difference uh, on how things should run. Who's actually the head of the house? Now, if you're fighting and there's too many disagreements, it's not a house, it's, a, uh, it's not a home, it's a house. Now, Christ did say, when two or more gather in my name, agreeing to touch me on anything up on earth, there I'm gonna miss you. But many people can't even Hearken to that that scripture, and 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 listen and obey it, because of being self-centered. Want to run things, want to be in charge. One wants to be over the other. That doesn't get it. There has to be order in how you do things in your life. Now remember, your apartment or your house is just where you reside. You are actually the home or the house, which one you defer to build, a house or a home. Be wise in how you're going to invest in either one of them. Or you're going to invest stupidly or wisely. The choice is yours. In the house of the righteous, there is much treasure, but in the revenue of the wicked is trouble Proverbs 15 and 6 the curse of the Lord live in the house while the blessed live in homes there is a great difference between a house and a home there in Proverbs that difference is evident a house with at the peace of God is a without the peace of God is cursed house no matter how grand that house may be. On the other hand, a home with the peace of God is blessed. No matter how humble that home, in which do you live? In which would you rather live? A home or a house? The answer I hope is obvious to you home a blessed home is a byproduct of blessed life a life committed to christ will occupy a home that is likewise blessed a life void of christ will live a house that is will be no more than a curse to its residence a house can be turned into a home by simply inviting christ to be the head of it. His desire is to bless your family in 
in your home there to declare as they did Joshua. Joshua did say, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, many of us say we do serve God, but our actions show totally different because we don't know how to build a home. We think it's the home because you can pay a mortgage or you pay rent, that's a home. But you still have storms constantly in your life, in our lives, that we cannot handle because it's not upon a rock. The foundation is built upon sand. And we know that Christ gave a perfect example of that in, in, uh, in Matthew's, uh, if I recall, 7, 24 through 27. And he said, if I, I'm quoting this correctly, uh, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these saying of mine and does not them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now, how many people you know, or even yourselves, that you see that storm comes in, in their life and they fall hard and they can't get up because their life is built on sand, not on solid rock. And who is the rock? The Father, the Creator, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit. That is what's so important. And we are failing because we fail to humble ourselves. We fail to humble ourselves. And what did he say, if I recall, and I think I recall Second Chronicles uh, 7 and 14, where he told us, uh, uh, when he's talking to Israel, which goes for us today, because once a Gentile was accepted, anything that applies in the Old Testament applies to us in today's life as well. Don't be wrong. Don't get it twisted. What people say the Old Testament was abolished. No, it wasn't. Jesus Christ talked about the Old Testament quite a bit. The apostles talked about the Old Testament quite a bit. And let's take a look at what he says in Second uh, Chronicles. If my people which call my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive sin and will heal their land. Now, in order to do that, you're going to have to turn your back from that sin. You're going to have to walk away from that sin. You're going to have to hate that sin because those are the things that's got to be done in order to start building the home versus a house. Building the foundation to stand the, the, the wild weather, the storms. All those things so it can it can handle handle what's coming through and it still stands no matter what and that's what a lot of us are in trouble with we haven't learned how to humble ourselves 
You know, and God tells us to humble. You know, and you, you take a look at, you know, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. That's all I've got to do. And we have to take a look at one of, one of the most popular verses that is uh, James 4 and 10. The verse reminds remind us that God pours out his grace to those who practice humility. Those who practice it. And many of us don't practice humility. And, and that's the sad part. We don't do it. You know, so uh, if we think about, you know, Matthew 7 and 24 through 27 and Chronicles 7 and 14, and there are many more verses and many more uh, examples that Christ taught and the disciples taught. Uh, God taught throughout the Old Testament. Uh, now, let's not get it twisted because the Father and the Son, Father and Christ are one. Because he did say, he did say out of his own mouth, the father teaches me. I am my father one. And see, this is the other issue that as individuals or as couples or as uh, married couples, you're not one flesh. We're not one twain. We haven't learned how to take advantage of the teachings of Christ, the wise person hearken and listen and do, but the foolish doesn't. If you walk with the wise, you become wise. The father's wise. If we learn to walk with the father, we become wise. Walk with Jesus, we become wise. Walk with the Holy Spirit, we become wise. That is the only way that we'll be able to build that rock, as he said in Second Chronicles, humble yourselves, walk away, walk away, turn your back on that sin, turn back on evil, hate the evil in your life, hate the evil in your family life, hate the evil in your wife, your husband, your kids, your relatives, hate it. And if you hate it, you will pray against it. I know it sounds like I'm making it so easy to do, but Christ made it easy for us to do. But what we have to do is get out of the way and stop entertaining the flesh. If we entertain the flesh, the flesh is going to entertain us back. And all I'm saying is if we entertain sin, sin will entertain us back. If we fall to our face as individuals, as married couples, as boyfriend and girlfriend, where you want to be, and God does not condone fornication or shacking. So that was another choice that you have to come to resolution and make up your mind to say that either you want to be married or you're going to remain in sin on that level. Now, God honored marriage and God instituted marriage for a reason. Because God himself created sex, but for the marriage. Now, some people try to argue that point, and that's fine. The scriptures are there. And I will get into that at another time, another uh, audio podcast. But right now, that a lot of us are miserable because we don't know the difference between my home and a house. And it will still call it a home 
and in there fighting and arguing and looking at one another with disdain and hate in our eyes and our heart and still want to call it a home. It's very difficult when you get with someone because you really didn't love them. Basically, all you got with them because you needed help. That's one already wrong already. You're already going into a, a house that's already on sand. There's no way you can build it on a home, turn it into a home because the reasons you're together are for the wrong reasons. Now, God did say, it is in the scriptures that uh, it is better to marry than to burn, but marry for the right reasons. Get with someone for the right reasons because you do care because you do love them. If you're not going to do that, if you don't have that feeling for them, and if that person that you feel is not the quality to marry, then don't be with them. Don't take nothing from them. Walk away. Ask God for who you want. Uh, 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 you ask him for a wife. Ask God for a wife. But also make sure that you are just before you ask because he's going to examine you. So there are many ways to build that home because when you first get together, it's a house. And we really don't get to know, know one another until we move into the house together. And then you start finding out what is what you're really all about. But you have to make sure before you get together that you're walking with God. And your foundation is strong with God before you start asking or just jumping out there putting get in someone else's life and you mess their life up. That is not what God expecting from you. That's what he's not going to allow, even though you have free will to do what you want and how you want to do it. But you should know better. All of us should know better that what it takes to build a home. And if there is no peace it's not a home. It's a house where you just reside at for shelter, to eat, to watch TV, to listen to music, to do all the other things, but the right things is to pray and humble yourself. Many of us can't pray at home because of the adversity you go to, you go through. That's really, really tough right there. Who wants to go home to an unpeaceful home? I don't. That's really tough. You know, and many of us not baptized correctly. And we need to be baptized correctly. That's another, that's the most, that is the most big topic of getting the foundation, beginning of the foundation to be built. You know, and, and, and it was talked about in Acts 2.38 where it begins. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 39. For the promise is unto you, and to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now listen, he said, shall call. Now that's a promise there. Who doesn't want to take the promise of God? never falls back, never fall back on his word. His word would not come back void. Our does. Because we have too much false uh, narratives in our, in our lives. And uh, our, 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 basically you can say our uh, motives are wrong. And uh, 
it's really, really tough to see people go through what they go through, but it happens. And, and uh, there's always a way out of it, and that's walking with God. I want to thank you for uh, listening, and uh, more content is coming out. Uh, it's been a while since I've done this here. I've been away for a while, but I am fin to uh, dig deep back into this. And I thank you for listening. Uh, be sure to go to uh, IrvingHillPodcast.com. You'll find more content, more audio there. Uh, be sure to download the app so you know when uh, content is coming out. Once again, I appreciate you guys listening and more content to come. God bless you. Thank you. Have a great evening.